Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly. From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. For some, the thought of going back to school inspires excitement, indifference, or, as for me, sheer dread. However, we've got a playlist that'll help you get ready for the classroom. Plus, we'll review new releases from neo-soul artist Van Hunt and Electro Rocker's LCD Sound System. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. This is Sound Opinions, and coming up, Greg, we are going to play music for going back to school. I said before I dread it. I don't really. I'm <laughs> energized when I'm teaching at Columbia College Chicago. It's just that, you know, my, my birthday always falls around Labor Day. So ever since, like, a kindergarten in at age five, you know, my birthday is overshadowed by the looming dread of having to put the tie on again and go to class. But first, we've got some new music to talk about. We all, we all, we all, we all know this is nothing. That is a little bit of Call the Police from the fourth album by LCD Sound System, American Dream. LCD Sound System, yeah, they're back. Greg, it's no exaggeration to say that this was uh, one of our favorite bands throughout the 2000s, formed in 2002 by uh, a man who, who, who is multi-talented, James Murphy, multi-instrumentalist. He was an entrepreneur. He ran a great uh, record label, Death From Above. He has produced many other artists, starting with Six Fingers Satellite, continuing on to the likes of Arcade Fire, David Bowie, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, Pulp, uh, and he led this band, LCD Sound System. LCD Sound System, in its first incarnation, released three albums. The second one was Sound of Silver, and This Is Happening. And then, with considerable fanfare in 2011, they announced that they were disbanding. Big show saying goodbye at Madison Square Garden. A documentary film and a live album followed. Now they're back. Oh boy, James Murphy's back. What are they giving us? Let's play a track from this album. It's called Tonight, and then we'll give our reviews of American Dream by LCD Sound System on Sound Opinions. Everybody sing the same song. It goes tonight, 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 tonight. I never realized these artists thought so much about dying. But truth be told, we all have the same end Could make you cry, 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 cry But I'm telling you, this is the best news You're getting all week Oh sure, it's ruling the airwaves But what remains of the airwaves And we're frankly thankful for the market psychology Yo, 
Tonight from LCD Sound System, the comeback record, American Dream. <laughs> you know, usually when you say comeback record, Jim, it's usually not a good sign. Most bands do not uh, deliver a record that is in keeping with uh, the records they made back when they were uh, together the first time. Yeah. My skepticism about this record carried over through the first couple of singles that I was hearing. I wasn't really hearing the singles as, as great new additions to the catalog. But now that I've heard the whole album... It strikes me as uh, their most emotional work yet. It is the first true album that they've made in terms of it works like an album. I think the other, the first three records in their catalog are essentially uh, collections of singles. Now, they, they, they were crafting the sequencing in a way that worked, you know, album length. But here's an album that I think from beginning to end uh, was meant to work together. And in that context, there's a darkness, a sadness, there's an eeriness, kind of a haunted quality about this record. There's an emotional quality to James Murphy's singing. I think he, he was very underrated as a singer. Nobody thought he could actually sing. He had a little bit of the uh, crooner yeah. in him, yeah. But there's, uh, there's more of that quality on this record uh, than ever before. Uh, there's some tenderness in those vocals and also an ache. Uh, I, I think this guy is dealing with a couple of things. Uh, there, there's some kind of a bad breakup, maybe leading to some sort of a crack-up. And, and there's also this whole mortality thing. James yeah. Murphy's getting older, and he's reminding us, yeah, yeah, I'm not what I used to be. In the morning, everything's clearer When the exposes your age But that's okay You know, he's not Leonard Cohen age. He's yeah. 47. Yeah, hey, but, you know, we all hit the... Hit a particular stage in our life where we start thinking about that, and he's obviously at that point. That said, it's not a downer of a record. I think uh, the keyboards, the way the keyboards are orchestrated, the way the percussion is orchestrated, they have a great uh, sense of polyrhythmic vibe about this record. Uh, and there are a few singles, like Tonight I think is one of their best singles. I think that's one of the great tracks that'll hold up alongside their more catchy uh, material. But to me, it's it's the emotional center of this record is the is the ballads, the longer tracks, the electronic tracks. Some people aren't going to like it at all because yeah. they want up-tempo LCD sound system. When you stop talking, I'll tell you why I'm one of them. I love this record. It's a buy it for me. It's a trash it. It's a trash it, Greg, and it pains me to say that. I went back to our best of lists throughout the 2000s. Quite clearly, you and I both thought LCD sound system was one of the most important bands of the 2000s. They seem enervated here. Uh, you know, this business of a 47-year-old man being so down about getting old. I mean, give me a break. I think most of the tempo on this record, until the final third, is very much in the mode of New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. 
except that was a great song and a very funny song. James Murphy is losing his sense of humor. He's losing his edge, to, to cite his own phrase. Um, you know, the grooves, I don't hear these polyrhythms you're talking about. I think something like emotional haircut is just clunky. are not as intense, the synthesizer sounds, the danceability, and all this business of being, uh, you know, old and tired and 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 whining about it. Ultimately, though, there's just no songs. I, you know, oh, I don't. I, there yeah, are no songs here, that. and and I will never listen to this record again for pleasure, which I can't imagine saying about the first three LCD sound systems. So you're a buy it, I'm a trash it. I'm sorry. The dimples on your bottom. That is a track called Prelude from the new, not so new Van Hunt record called Popular. Let me explain what I might mean by that. It's a it's a backstory. This is a record that was originally intended to be released in 2008. It did not come out as intended. Uh, it is finally out now. The record company that uh, rejected it in 2008 has decided to put it out in 2017. Uh, there's a regime change at that record label, a new boss. Artists were leaving the label. If you weren't cutting hits, you weren't making, uh, you weren't getting a chance to make records at that time. Van Hunt was one of the casualties. Now with uh, Don was as the uh, president of Blue Note since 2012, uh, new regime there and a, a more enlightened attitude, shall we say, towards uh, the art of Van Hunt. That's why this record is being released now. Uh, Van Hunt. He started out as a songwriter, contributing to 90s, early 2000s hits by artists like Dion Ferris and Joy and Chris Summer and Rashawn Patterson, and then started uh, a solo career. First couple of records were very well received, kind of a, a neo-soul vibe there, but it was that third record that was a stickler, popular, got, got him kicked off the label. He followed up with a very strong independent release in 2011 called What Were You Hoping For? And then a fifth studio album in 2000. 15, the fun rises, the fun sets. Finally, popular being released in the context of those two well-received records as a record that sort of fits in uh, with those very nicely. Here's a track from popular. It's called Turn My TV On from Van Hunt on Sound Opinions. Yeah. 
Turn My TV On, kind of a punkish track from Van Hunt's previously unreleased popular. You know, Greg, just the fact that it did not come out, we had gotten advances of it back in 2008. We reviewed it, and we both gave it an enthusiastic double buy it. One of our producers, Ayanna Contreras, is also a big Van Hunt fan, as we are, and said, why don't you boys go back to it and see if it holds up? I think, if anything, it was ahead of its time in 2008, and it still sounds absolutely fresh and current if we put it beside other genre-blending maestros of R&B today, like Frank Ocean or Kendrick Lamar. Mm -hmm. It will not be confined to one genre. There are acoustic folk songs here. There are hot and horny, funkadelic-type jams. I love how you left out the, uh, the parenthetical. You know, the song is called Prelude, Greg, and in parentheses, The Dimples on Your Bottom. Uh, You know, that is a funkadelic, nasty kind of groove. Uh, I had made this point when we first reviewed the album that Van Hunt talks a lot about sex, but it is not with a disrespect toward women. It is with uh, kind of an eye turning inward toward I am ready to go, but I don't want to be toxic, masculine, uh, you know, uh, sexist, right? And sometimes he winds up crushed by his own desires and sort of paralyzed. He sings, people outside, people outside make me scared, so I stay in my room in my underwear at one point here. Um, You know, I I think his musical vision, his lyrical honesty, and and just the sheer adventurousness of this music. I said it was a buy it back then. I stand by that now. It's a great record. In the others he's given us, we listen from beginning to end. We'll see an incredible evolution for this artist. You know what I'm seeing here, Jim, is uh, a Freudian take on Prince's Dirty Mind record. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a psychoanalysis going on here. This, you know, Prince was just jumping into everything he could possibly taste, smell, and no apologies, feel. Take no and, prisoners, and, and it was wonderful. It was kind of liberating. Van Hunt is wrestling with some of these issues. In fact, in one song, he's talking about jump on the ground and wrestle with my shame because I don't want to hide behind anything. You know, yeah. he, he recognizes yeah. these these impulses, but he feels ashamed of some of them. You know, how do you deal with this? It's, well, a, it's a very explicit record in that regard. He's angry uh, at a woman in many of these songs in the same way that Marvin Gaye was in Hear My Dear. Yeah. And then he's guilty that he's angry, but music is the outlet to express these feelings. I like the idea that it's a, a, a record about sex that's not a slow jam record. You know, I mentioned uh, Dirty Mind. It's, it's, it's more of an avant-garde record than that. It, he's blending all these styles of music together that don't belong together. Uh, so on a musical level, it's a very adventurous record in the same way that his language is adventurous and exploratory. Let's see what's over that horizon. Yeah. Let's see where we can take this. So, you know, Turn My TV On, you know, that's a punky track with falsetto vocals that you'd normally hear in a, in a soul track. I, I love the way the horns are used oh, on yeah. this record. He peppers oh, yeah. a song like Prelude that we played at the top uh, with, with a lot of that. Um, you know, a song like uh, The Lowest One of My Desires. You know, you just immediately <laughs> want to hear a track that announces that. The lowest one of my desires is the only one I need. This is a record, Jim totally contemporary yeah. and totally of the moment. It's a buy-it record still. So, so that's four buy-its, Greg. We gave it two back in 2008. <laughs> We're giving it two now, and this time you actually can buy it. But what do you think? Give us a call and leave a message on our hotline at 888-859-1800 or connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. When we come back from a short break, we'll give you the only playlist you'll need for going back to school in the fall of 2017. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and TRX.
Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule American history and practical man You study him hard and hoping to pass Working your fingers right down to the bone Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. My partner's Jim Duergatis. That's the late Chuck Berry with a song that really sums up uh, the theme of the rest of the show pretty well, School Days. Now, uh, Chuck was not super thrilled about uh, School Days. I mean, he was maybe thinking back on his own past, certainly speaking to his teen audience that could totally relate to the fact that the best part of school is when that school bell goes off at 3 p.m. and says, kids, it's time to go home. Ring, ring goes the bell. (laughs) Chuck loved that part of school. You know, we realize this is a tough time for uh, students, for parents, and for teachers yeah. alike, you know. Yeah. I'm a We're bidding adieu to the summer. The, the fall is starting. Here comes the winter weather any day now, and we're, we're back in the classroom. To ease the transition of going back to school, we're going to play some of our favorite back-to-school songs. You know, Greg, there's a couple of good things about going back to school. One of them is, uh, you know, that that new school supply smell. Your backpack <laughs> is nice and fresh. You got that fresh notebook, right? You know, and if it's a new school, you're able to reinvent yourself and maybe leave some of the embarrassing things from the last school behind. But generally speaking, I think there's a lot of things to dread about going to school, (laughs) certainly high school. When I look back at it, uh, I don't have a lot of good nostalgic feelings. I remember uh, being the outcast, the smart kid who, who, uh, you know, was at a table of his own who never quite fit in. That, you realize as you get older, is life. (laughs) There are cool kids, and then there are the rest of us. Uh, You know, I think Screeching Weasel, the uh, famous Chicago pop-punk band, at least famous in the rock underground, perfectly summed that up. Uh, You know, they're a cult band, but their album Bark Like a Dog in 1996 sold pretty well. There is no Green Day or Blink-182 or some 41-able or all those other bands without the ground that Screeching Weasel broke. I know Ben Foster, a.k.a. Ben Weasel, and John Jughead Pearson, they were not the cool kids. So when they're railing about there's a real cool club and you're not part of it, they're talking about being excluded. But you know what? Us nerds can get together at our own lunchroom table, too. Here's Screeching Weasel on Sound Opinions with Cool Kids. There's a real cool club on the other side of town where the real cool kids go to sit around and talk bad about the other kids. Yeah, it's a real cool club and you're not part of it.
Hey ho, let's go. Screeching Weasel. Cool kids, my first back to school pick. Mr. Cotton, now it's your turn. Excellent stuff, Jim. I'm going to focus on what you were taught in the classroom when you were in, in school. And uh, there are a number of songs that address that. I think this area really came under the microscope through the African-American community, groups like The Last Poets and Public Enemy, and, of course, the literature of people like Eldridge Cleaver, questioning what was being taught in our classrooms and how it offered perhaps a skewed version Mm -hmm. of the history of this country. And that theme was picked up uh, upon by Peter Tosh in a great song from 1972, You Can't Blame the Youth. Tosh, of course, the uh, sidekick with Bunny Whaler and Bob Marley in the original Whalers and went on to an extraordinary solo career himself. He's got Whaler singing backing vocals on this particular track, and Tosh is playing the guitar and keyboards himself. Aston, Family Man, Barrett on bass, part of that great rhythm section that was making all those great records out of Jamaica during this period. And, and the song talks about all these great men that we have learned about, all the great explorers from Christopher Columbus on down. We've been told what great men they were, but we don't tell what they did to colonize some mm-hmm. of these uh, parts of the world. All these great men were doing robbing, raping, kidnapping, and killing so-called great men, as Peter Tosh uh, sings in this particular track. You can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth of today because of what they've been taught in these schools, which is uh, essentially a lie, is what Peter Tosh is saying. So uh, a jaundiced view of our education system, but uh, some food for thought, because you're seeing now in textbooks in the last 10 or so years some revisionism going on and a more balanced presentation, at least in some of them. So here's Peter Tosh. You can't blame the youth on Sound Opinions. You can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth of today. You can't fool the youth. You're teaching youths to learn in school. That cow jump over. You're teaching youths to learn in school. That the dish run away with spoon. So you can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth. Up today, you can't fool the youth. You teach the youth about Christopher Columbus, and you said he was a very great man. You teach the youth about Marco Polo, and you said he was a very great man. You teach the youth about the pirate Hawkins, and you said he was a very great man. You teach the youth about the pirate Morgan And you said he was a very great man So you can't blame the youth of today You can't fool the youth You can't blame the youth You can't fool the youth Peter Tosh with You Can't Blame the Youth on Sound Opinions We're going to give more of our picks later on in the show But first, Jim and I want to hear from some of our listeners Our first caller is Todd from La Canada, California Welcome to the show, Todd. Hey, thank you. It's good to be on the show. So uh, what's your back-to-school favorite as a song? My back-to-school end-of-summer favorite is Long Hot Summer by the Style Council. Ah, that's a good one. Good pick. Why? You know, summer is a season of life and vitality and possibility. And when August comes and school starts, it's all that possibility has either been realized or it hasn't. <laughs> and there's a sense of hopeless resignation in August of all the things you haven't done. It's true. And there are some songs that just get that vibe. And I think Long Hot Summer just passed me by. It's a great way to 
remind yourself of all the things that you didn't do that summer. Wow. Oh, now we got to hear a little Weller and <laughs> the, the, the misery issuing forth. Let's hear a little of that. Uh, the hopelessness is just pouring over us at the moment. Thanks, Absolutely. Todd, for bringing us down completely. <laughs> Man, somebody doesn't like school. Well, I'm, I'm a teacher, and every year I have to go through this again and again. <laughs> oh, enough said. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so every year I say all the stuff I wanted to do over the summer and didn't happen. Yeah. And, and the hot days in September oh, yeah. are only thumbing their nose at you saying, no, it could still be going on, but it can't. <laughs> well, thank you, Todd, for an inspired choice. Hey, thank you. Have a great day. We have another caller on the line. Let's welcome Mark from Vernon Hills, Illinois. Welcome, Mark, to Sound Opinions. Hi, guys. Mark, have you got a back-to-school song for us? I do. My back-to-school song is Headmaster Ritual by the Smiths off the Meet His Murder LP. Ooh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tell us why. Well, I, I guess to me nothing says back-to-school like a jaunty pop tune about abusive school administrators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. And that's what it is, you know. But uh, to me it's also the, the quintessential Smith song, too. you got the, the Johnny Marr riff with the acoustic guitar and, and electric and Morrissey yodeling, yeah, and yeah. of course the uh, somewhat obscure subject matter as well. Well, there is nothing like that English obsession with the, the school system over there. I yeah. don't, you know, we have nothing like that in America, do we? No. No. The, the opposition to school authority is so ingrained in, in the English mentality, and it really comes through in this song.
Headmaster Ritual by the Smiths, a great back-to-school selection by Mark. Thank you, Mark. All right. Thanks. And as always, we want to hear from you. What's your favorite song about back to school? And tell us why. Give us a call and leave a message on our hotline at 888-859-1800. Or you can connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. When we come back, we'll plunge headfirst into a pile of fall leaves with more of our favorite back to school songs. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim Dirigatis, and we're taking you back to the classroom with our playlist of favorite back-to-school songs. Jim, it's your turn. Here is another thing I remember about uh, going back to school, Greg. I went to uh, St. Nicholas Roman Catholic Grammar School I'm sorry. on Ferry Street in Jersey City, <laughs> and then I did four years in Hudson Catholic Regional School for Boys. I was a victim of 12 years of Catholic schooling. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of people who always email the show and want us to talk about Frank Zappa. He's a problematic artist because there are a hundred different Frank Zappas, and where do you even start? Do you do the sophomoric humor? Do you do the Mothers of Invention? Do you do the jazz guitarist? Do you do the orchestral composer? I'm going to do the uh, the silliest and, and hardest rocking and also catchiest Zappa. Uh, I love Joe's Garage. I think it, it, you know, for me and for what I value in rock and roll, that was his high point. A concept album in three parts about uh, a garage band and and the forces of oppression that would keep them down. And uh, and part of that is is uh, going back to Catholic school. What else can I say about Catholic girls, okay? This is a song <laughs> that just reminds me of going back to school. Here's Zappa on Sound of Business. Show. 
Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. Catholic Girls by Frank Zappa. Let's talk to some more of our listeners. We have Liz on the phone from Chicago. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much. Do you have a back-to-school track you want to nominate? I do indeed. I have a song called To Sir With Love. It's the title track of a film by the same name. Yes. Yeah, classic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's um, For me, it was the introduction to that kind of genre of the you know, teacher's newcomer to a, a rough-and-tumble school and mm-hmm. turns all the kids around. And the climax of that movie was one of the students comes forward. It's Lulu who's actually acting in it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Lulu was a British pop phenomenon, sort of the uh, the Hillary Duff of her day, if you will. <laughs> I don't know anything about Lulu. I just oh, yeah. know this song. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was the climax of the whole film. I, now, I am man enough to admit that there are, there are select scenes in cinematic history that kill me every time. I tear up. That's one of them. Absolutely. When, when, when Lulu goes up and then they two sir with love and the teacher, you know, he's turned <laughs> these kids around. Right, right. They believe in him. Yeah, yeah, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. And the song has a kind of, it starts out really slow and kind of, it kind of sneaks up on you. You don't even realize it's playing. And then, and it's the chorus is so quick. It's just this huge build, this huge, fast build. It yeah. is, it does, I can see why you'd get all choked. Up. Those schoolgirl days of telling tales and biting nails are gone. But in my mind, I know. Did you ever feel this way about a teacher, Liz, though? That you wanted to sing a song like this to him? Sure. Actually, it was probably a music teacher. Ah, there you go. Who else could inspire such feelings? It comes full circle. We were inspired by you, Liz. Thank you for a great suggestion. Oh, great. My pleasure. Let's say hello to Matt from Northbrook, Illinois. Matt, welcome to Sound Opinions. Hey, how you doing? Good. So tell us about an end-of-summer, beginning-of-school song that you love. Okay, actually, I, I, I picked Night Moves because it's the first thing that came to my mind because I just finished grad school. And, like, when you're in grad school or college, the beginning of each school term takes on a different meaning because each one that goes by means you're that much closer to the end. Mm. It's, like, a little unsettling for one or two reasons. Like, you're either terrified of an uncertain future or you're kind of locked into a life that's so mapped out it's not so open to possibilities anymore because everything's so finite. And so on with Night Moves, like, when you listen to it, the singer kind of knows this, but he doesn't spell it out for you. I mean, the first few verses are kind of like a teen movie cliche about having fun this summer and all that. Mm-hmm. But then he gets to that last verse where he's talking about memories. He's talking about what's happening in real time. I woke last night to the sound of thunder. How far off I sat and wondered. Started humming a song from 1962. And it's funny how the night moves. When you just don't seem to have as much to lose 
strange how the night moves with autumn closing in so he's singing about like a distant thunder that's just loud enough to wake him up at night and the first thing he does is he hums this nostalgic song you know and it's sort of like a, a gut reaction because it's familiar it's saving it's comforting but it's also kind of a retreat and he knows this and it's kind of like what i love about that song because it kind of says that you know yeah it's terrifying and nothing can change that but you can't keep living in a space your life for you know forever you got to keep you got to move on. you got to get along. I do believe that's as, as eloquent a dissection of Bob Seger as he has ever gotten. I was going to say, Bob Seger, American <laughs> poet. Listen, now, you you weren't, <laughs> what did you say, you were in grad school what, were you, for, like, poetry or what? What were you doing, man? That's journalism, actually. Oh, there you go. Another <laughs> another guy who wants our job. Let's hear a little bit of Bob Seger. That's a, that was a great description, Matt. Oh, cool. Listening to Sound Opinions, uh, Jim and I are going to continue on with some of our favorite back-to-school songs. Uh, Jim, one area I wanted to touch on is um, the worth of an education. There's a lot of songs about uh, what is this piece of paper really worth? What's it going to get me? Yeah, you know, this, I wonder. This diploma. <laughs> I mean, and you think about movies like The Graduate or The Paper Chase, where those those subjects were mm-hmm. were part of the the cultural thought in the 60s and 70s, and it's been a theme throughout pop music as well. I think one of the bands that said it best was uh, the Specials, band out of the UK. They were part of that two-tone ska movement in the late 70s, early 80s. The Jamaican ska scene sort of got transported over to the UK. There was a lot of Caribbean in- immigrants living in London at the time, and it sort of spawned this uh, this scene that merged with the punk rock movement. The Specials were one of the very best bands in that tradition. And a lot of topical songs, a lot of social commentary in their music, and one of the very best was Rat Race, where they talk about, you know, what is that diploma really worth? Here they are, the specials, Rat Race on Sound Opinions.
Good job, Greg. That is Rat Race by the Specials. They certainly dressed spiffy enough to go to the <laughs> finest school. Uh, with my next pick, I want to visit a song that gave me a lot of joy when I was a kid and also helped me learn. You remember the animated uh, television breaks in between Saturday morning cartoons, Schoolhouse Rocks? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I love those. You're, you're a little older than me, but I grew up with them. I still show them to my English classes at Columbia College <laughs> Chicago, you know, about adverbs and adjectives. It's a great Reminder, and uh, I am going to play the cover of Lolly 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 Get Your Adverbs Here by the alternative rock band Buffalo Tom. There was a great album called Schoolhouse Rock Rocks. You have to put the exclamation points in there, uh, where alternative artists like Moby and Pavement and all these other hipsters covered these songs. Um, the adverb song is my favorite. I mean, number one, it's the best song of any of the Schoolhouse Rock segments, uh, just in terms of sheer catchiness. And number two, Greg, would we have a career as rock <laughs> critics were it not for the adverb? I think not. not. It would be dimly or horribly or sadly or pathetically less than what we have now. So, lolly, 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 get your adverbs here by Buffalo Tom on Sound Opinions. An adverb is a word. Lolly, lolly, get your adverbs here from Buffalo Tom. Great sense of humor, great song. Yeah, <laughs> anything that can be described that. can be described some more, Greg. Talking about elementary school there, Jim, and I'm going to go to college with my next song. This is my old school from Steely Dan. There's actually a backstory here. Donald Fagan, who sings the lead vocal on this song, wrote the lyrics, and it was basically addressed to his alma mater, Bard College, where he studied English in the late 60s. He met uh, Walter Becker his uh, future uh, bandmate in Steely Dan there, and there was a pot bust on campus. The, uh, Becker and Fagan were a couple of the long hairs, self-described long hairs on campus. There was a sort of a trumped-up pot bust where about 50 students were dragged into the jail, and apparently 
the guys who were arrested uh, had their heads shaved by the cops oh, who man. didn't like the long hairs, you know. So Fagan held a little bit of a grudge here already. But then Bard College bailed out Fagan and a bunch of the others, but did not bail out uh, Becker, who was not a student at the time, or Fagan's girlfriend uh, either. So he held, you know, his grudge only grew. He was uh, not donating to the alumni yes. drive. Yeah, Bard College ain't helping me out here. The only time I'm ever going to go back there, he writes in the song, is when California tumbles into the sea. So there's a little bit of a grudge uh, that he's working out here in my old school. My old school from Steely Dan on Sound Opinions. Old school, a jumping, jazzy, riffing track from Steely Dan on Sound Opinions. Jim, what's your next pick? Well, Greg, I'm going to play one of the greatest songs in rock history, not only one of the greatest back-to-school songs. You know, as I said, I went to Catholic school much harder than a military academy. I don't really know what the military academy experience is like, and I don't know even if this song is particularly about that. But Academy Fight Song, the very first single by the Boston Art Rockers, Mission of Burma. I mean, it's a fine to sound. It's still not like anything I've ever heard in rock and roll. They're favorites of both of ours. We've had them on the show. Man, oh, man, this song just lives on forever. And it was only a single. They were not even on a full album or their first EP. What a debut. I think it's about being an individual in a society that has lots of rules and wants conformity, which is, of course, what all great rock and roll is about. What else do you need to say? Play by the rules so close to the chest, hope that all's not lost. Academy Fight Song by Mission of Burma on Sound Opinions.
Academy fight song by Mission of Burma. Greg, you've got one more back-to-school pick. What is it? Classic stuff there, Jim. Uh, I agree with you on that one for sure. One last thing I want to touch on when we talk about favorite back-to-school songs, you know, the whole idea of the, the high school crush, meeting a member of the opposite sex, you know? Yeah. There's a ton of songs about that. I, I would say that tradition might have started in 1937 with one of the most lascivious songs ever written, Sonny Boy Williamson, Good Morning yes! Little School Girl. Why, that was on my list. <laughs> But I'm not going to play that song because oh. I, I think it's great, but I think there's a tradition that it spawned. And uh, I think one of the great apostles of Sonny Boy Williamson in that era of the blues that is uh, living today and writing some great songs in his own right, Jack White of the White Stripes. Mm. And on the album White Blood Cells, he wrote a song that I think is a classic back-to-school song about finding that first crush. You know, grade school, sixth grade, seventh grade, the hormones start to change a little <laughs> bit. Uh, you start looking at things other than the, the math book. And here's a great example of that. We're going to be friends from the White Stripes on Sound Opinions. Fall is here, hear the yell, back-to-school, ring the bell. Shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Walk with me, Susie Lee, through the park and by the tree. We will rest upon the ground and look at all the books we found. Safely walk to school without a sound. Safely walk to school without a sound. Here we are, no one else. We walk to school all by ourselves. There's dirt on our uniforms from chasing all the ants and worms. We clean up and now it's time to learn. Let us learn to spell nouns and books and show and tell. Playtime, we will throw the ball back to class through the hall. Teacher marks our height against the wall. Teacher marks our height against the wall. The White Stripes, We Are Going to Be Friends, which wraps up our Back to School 2017 playlist. But now we want to hear from you. Do you have a favorite song that gets you ready for the classroom or takes you back to your school days? Call and leave a message with your pick and why on our hotline at 888-859-1800 or find us on Facebook or Twitter. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we're going to have a discussion about separating the art from the artist. Can we and should we? Greg, as always, Sound Opinions was produced by Brendan Banisak, Evan Chung, Alex Claiborne, and Iona Contreras. Back to school and I hate it there, I hate it there. Everything I want, I gotta wait a year, wait a year. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800. New messages. Hi, my name is Dave Cloud. I'm calling from Chicago. I listened to the Billy Bragg interview today, which I thought was very good. And uh, near the end of the interview, when he talked about we can't enter the 15-year-old British young person from 1954 
and how their what their heads were like when they first heard skiffle music. The comment reminded me clearly of my first impression at the age of 14 of hearing Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze on a little AM radio. And when that opening riff came through, I swear it changed my nervous system. And I think each generation has a kind of exclusive moment that just can't be shared or transferred to another generation. Uh, that Hendrix was mine, Billy Bragg, it was, you know, Lonnie Donegan. Great stuff. Thanks very much. Bye. Hi, Sound Opinion. This is Fun. Listening to Billy Bragg in the program again reminds me how I got started, which was Skiffle, but in Sweden, listening to all this on Radio Luxembourg. So I know all about Lonnie Donegan, and I do have my original washboard and have been playing in all kinds of situations through the years. And I've been trying to form Skiffle groups here which, of course, nobody has any idea of what it's all about. But they might now have. So maybe I can finally create my own skiffle band in the U.S. Thanks again for that wonderful program. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is Leslie Ladd, and I'm, I'm listening to your show on skiffle with the most erudite Billy Bragg, and I can't believe that there has been no mention of the first hearing of Lonnie Donegan in the American market, which is, does your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight? That's my first introduction to Lonnie Donegan. Why did we miss that? Thank you. I love your show. And I'm going to keep listening. I'm going back to it right now. Bye-bye. Chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight. If your mother said don't chew it, do you swallow it in spite? Can you catch it on your tonsils and you hear it left and right? Let your chewing gum lose its flavor on the bedpost Hi, Jim and Greg. Love your show. This is Ryan calling from the West Ridge neighborhood of Chicago. Uh, I'm a little bit behind the times and just caught your one-man band segment. And uh, I have to uh, point out one uh, glaring omission, uh, and I'm going to do my best uh, Greg and Jim impersonation to lead it up. Uh, From the depths of Tucson, I believe, Arizona, that is, out of formation from bands Mondo Guano, and then eventually uh, Do-Rag came the lo-fi demonstrational speed punk paced uh, Delta Blues of Mr. Bob Log III playing the bass drum along with drum machine and a drop-down tuning that cannot be written down, uh, slide guitar on a mixture of silver tones and other amazing forgotten blues guitars. Uh, Bob Log is across in his own words, somewhere between Mississippi Fred McDowell and ACDC.
You left out Bob Log the third. Get him on there. Thanks. Love the show. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.